3: All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it very much. Jeff Kitty with me today. Bobby Gaskell as well from Arvada West Truck and Auto. Larry and Grant's ring phones. And, of course, Charlie Grimes. Lines are open. We've got one coming in as we speak. 303-477-5600 is our phone number. 303-477-5600. You can also text us a question. 307-200-8222. Again, 307 200 8222 Real quick too, Jeff just was reminding me of something that I've seen before but I should have even had in my notes for today but I didn't so I appreciate Jeff telling me that. There is a how should I say this? YouTube videos. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a company that has actually put together a really really slick videos. It's on they use models, okay? So yeah. they use a little model car and a model trailer. And they run it on a belt, unlike a conveyor belt yep. that's spinning, that, that simulates a vehicle going down the road, okay? And what they do in this video is they show you what's happening when you've got either too much tongue weight, not, not enough, enough tongue weight, which by the way, not enough is worse than too much, always. always, 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 always err on the side of being too heavy on the front versus too heavy on the rear because not enough tongue weight makes, makes things really miserable towing makes them dangerous, actually. Things can get to sway in and do all sorts of funky things that you do not want to have happen. So, um, yeah, always err on the side of caution. But we'll get into some of that, too. I am also a big one on you really need to know the weight of what you're towing. In fact, our our last caller, Kevin, or not Kevin, but Jim talking about uh, from Golden on the F-150 and his particular trailer. Uh, Jim, if you're still listening, I am a big one on those both need weighed independently and together as to what does does it weigh now for jim you over in the golden area if you go over there to the tsa truck stop right off of ward road uh uh, ward road 970 they will weigh that vehicle and the trailer you know independently or or separate however you want to do it they will weigh that for you and in fact if you need for a lot of you that are that are listening if you need a weigh slip for license plates which a lot of a lot of times they'll require that's Stupid, I know, but a lot of times they'll require you to have a weight slip before they give you any kind of a, a license plate registration. Those types of places will actually do your weighing for you. The other places that will give you a weight slip, too, is a lot of the landscape supply, gravel, sand-type companies. They've always got weight. You know, they've always got... Um, uh, scales there as well, as well, and you can actually use their scales in that manner. But, I, yeah, I'm a big one on weighing the vehicle and the trailer, and I'll explain GVWR and how all that works here as we go through the rest of these two hours. Mike, you're up next.
4: Hey, top of the morning. So one thing you haven't talked about yet is when people have got their pickup all loaded down and they've got their uh, RV mobile home that they pull behind them, and then they got RVs behind that on a trailer. And I didn't know this until last year when I drove cross-country to Seattle, but when you get out to Idaho and parts of Wyoming, uh, they'll let you run 85, 90 miles an hour. And if you're going, I hate to drive much over 80 miles an hour in just a regular passenger car, unless I've got fantastic brand-new tires. Right. Because when you blow a tire man things happen and so <laughs> i don't these guys that are driving 85 and 90 miles an hour pulling their big camper home that can sleep eight people oh my god they don't realize what all it takes is the burying to go or the yep. tire to blow and so you, you talk about that a little bit You're i've correct. done my share of mistakes, you know i grew up on the farm and watch things happen and i well my, Mike, it so- kind of
3: goes back to the conversation i just had a moment ago where i'm a big one on making sure people actually weigh what they have because i i know they'll have all sorts of stories and the guy at the truck place will tell them one thing and yes the door sticker says something and then they've got the trailer and it says something else and in a lot of cases they're guessing at what those weights are and what i'm saying is to your point mike once you've got everything loaded like you would be going down the road that's when you weigh it. Full of fuel, fuel of water, full of propane, all the toys, whatever you've got, that's when you want to weigh it to see where you're at.
4: Yeah, and they just need to drive a little slower. And, I, you know, I'm to the point now I'm ready to recreate my life here. And if I'm going to go, I need to get a new pickup and— if I'm gonna go get a setup, I'll go to. I'm gonna find a trailer hitch company local here that's been in business for fifteen or twenty years, and just say, "Hey, just do it right." You know, it's like the guy talking about getting the right compressor, and you know, you can you can use just a hand pump, uh, air tire.
3: You can pump, yep. pump to point. pull
4: up your bags. Oh my God, you don't need to have to have to. Have you really a don't. No, it's
3: really pretty pretty simple, actually. Not as big of a deal. But anyway, think.
4: Uh, just just you know go to the guys who have been doing hitches and things for 10 or 15 if they've been in business for 10 or 15 or 20 years they know what they're doing yeah. so
3: yep they've seen it all you're right great point mike no mike thank you that's a great tip and yep. and he's spot on by the way for especially especially i mentioned it even on the tires on that F150 if you're going to be at the max load of what in Dave Hart from Roofmax sent me a text message top of the hour just because they say it can doesn't necessarily mean you should, and in Ford's case, and I know they a lot of these guys on the half-ton trucks, Dodge, uh, Ram. I sorry, I, know I always get corrected. Ram now, not Dodge. Ram, um, Toyota, Nissan, Ford, GM. They're all going to tout numbers, and there's a big competition on that end of things as to how much will these light-duty, I call them light-duty, yeah, I know it's 12,000 pounds, but to me that's still a light-duty truck because if you look at the overall build of the truck, frame rails, springs, suspension, axles, wheels, lug nuts tires. It's a light-duty truck, folks. It's not a heavy-duty truck. It's not running eight-lug wheels. Brakes. Uh, Yeah, the brakes. um, On down the line, we go. Differential size, everything. It's still a light-duty truck. I know they're going to tout that it can haul the 12,000 pounds, and it may very well be able to haul the 12,000 pounds. I'm not going to debate that. Should it haul 12,000 pounds? Not in my book. Sorry, Ford. I don't care what you tout. I don't care what you say. I wouldn't put 12,000 pounds, gross vehicle weight, in an F-150. Now, keep in mind that 12,000 pounds. I'd have to read. I'd have to read exactly how that 12,000 is defined on the F-150. But typically, that's a combined weight, vehicle and trailer. So, if you're 8,000 pounds on a trailer, the truck weighs over 4,000 pounds. So, guess what? You're already at or over the 12,000 pounds. Now, if it's 12,000 pounds above. The 4,000 pounds the truck weighs, and it's 16,000 pounds, that's a different story. That's what I I don't remember how the F-150 does that or how Ford does that. I'll have to look that up as I can. But these are things I'm talking about, folks. You've got to know exactly what those numbers mean, and are they talking about it with the weight of the vehicle included, or are they talking about it with the weight of the vehicle excluded? And typically, all of those numbers, not typically, on all these late-model vehicles, there's a door sticker right in the door jam that will explain everything i'm talking about and typically the way i've always understood and if somebody has any other ideas on this please tell me but the way i've always understood it if it says 12,000 pound carrying capacity you've got to take the weight of the vehicle which you got to know what that is not not the curb weight that they tell you but how is it weighted for you what all is it loaded full of passengers full of stuff Full of tools, equipment, what what does it weigh? Because yep. if it's five thousand pounds and it's twelve total, well now you're only seven as to what you can haul behind you. And then there's a certain amount for tongue weight also in that that's a part of all of this equation. So again, folks, we gotta do more homework typically than just oh, it'll haul twelve thousand pounds. What's that twelve thousand mean? And by the way, I'll look that up on the forward end of it as well. Looks like I think Ed's been holding the longest. Ed, you're next. Okay, you there? Yes, yep. sir. How are you, Ed?
0: Yeah, pretty good. Now i got a 2016 Equinox four-cylinder uh, car, or SUV, or whatever it is. And I had the transmission worked on, and the, the, replaced the solenoids. And it, it says right here, remove the transmission band. Uh wait a minute. And uh, it had a prolonged shift from second to third gear. He replaced the filter gasket and the solenoids in it. Bow. There's uh seven of them I think. Okay. And the seal shifts a little bit off. Now he done that he told me one thing right here. He had the exhaust system. Repair the exhaust flex pipe. You know what the flex pipe is on them? Yes, sir.
5: Yeah, it's the uh, pipe that goes between the engine and the the main exhaust system.
0: Yeah, he told me that he had trouble getting it getting it up heated hot enough to where, you know, it would kick in or uh, you know, have trouble with it. You know, not it. It slows down, kind of prolongs, then shifts every now and then. Not bad, but does he said he didn't have a machine to really get all the way up on that. Now, what are you doing, with something like that?
5: Well, I, I uh, I'd have to question what he was what he was talking about because there is a there is a adaptive learn cycle on that. Yeah, that goes goes yeah. through that. But once you set all your adaptive resets, all that's going to change as to how you drive the vehicle. Yeah, as uh, far he as said
0: that he didn't have it where he could get it, learn. He said it would learn. He couldn't get it before it was learning right. Well, they, they've yeah. got
5: a quick learn on that. Okay, but it's going to adapt to how you drive. Okay, if you've got somebody else that drives. It, if they drive it 75% of the time, it might feel different to you when you drive it. Okay, now the, diff- the other side is, is if you go up in elevation or down in elevation, if you come from like a sea level uh, state and come up into our at- altitude, that transmission is going to adjust while you're driving it. To our altitude, and he it's going to shift. A What's he that? They
0: didn't have a machine to really do it right. I'd have to take a GM or something like that, where they have a machine where they could uh, find out exactly what it is.
5: Well, most of your most of your top name scanners will do the adaptive shift zeros and bring it up to where it should be and then it's a learn process from there there's no machine that's, that's
0: gonna what he's talking about. what's that that's what he's talking about he didn't have the machine he has a machine but it's not enough to bring it up to do what you're saying
5: yeah well as you drive it it should change depending on what he's done okay because it's it's going to take into consideration uh, how long it takes to fill the clutches and so forth and it'll it'll time all that through the computer. Okay.
2: okay. If
5: it doesn't get better, it could be that you need more work done.
0: Yeah, so have to take it to GM to have it. Now, what's uh what do they usually do when you take a GM on a machine? Do you know that?
5: It depends on what what they're looking for, what the complaint is.
0: Yeah, it's kind of you know kind of holds back every now and then. You know when you're going, it kind of kick back like you're saying. You know. Off
5: and on. Yeah. Uh, where, are you, where are you at? Los Animas?
0: Yeah, Los Animas. Uh, east.
5: Uh, I would probably take it into, if you got a transmission shop. Yeah. I would probably take it into them and have them take a look at it.
0: Okay. they, they my, Make sure they got the machine that would come up the high. He hasn't got the machine that will go take it all the way up.
5: Well, I mean, it, any of your good scanners should be able to diagnose what, what's going on. It should give you your shift adapt times and stuff like that, and there's parameters that you look at on that, okay? Okay. If they haven't got that machine, they shouldn't be working on that unit.
0: I uh, know. That's what I started to say, man. He's been here a lot of years and done a lot of work for me though. but when he told me he didn't have the machine to bring it up uh Paul, I take it
5: to GM. Well, and he might be talking about getting the computer flashed too.
0: Uh,
5: and that could be a, that? that could be an issue where you, if they haven't got anybody in the town that can do that, you might have to take it to GM to get it done. Right.
0: Yeah, that's what he's talking. about. Right. Well, I know now, which I I thought he could do it, but he didn't have. He, why didn't he tell me he didn't have a machine before he started?
3: Exactly. I can't answer that.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, Ed. Yeah, you get burned. burned Sometimes you do.
3: Ed got to run to the break. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Phil and Centennial, hang tight. Mike as well. And by the way, I have an answer. I was looking it up while Ed was talking. I have an answer to Jim from Golden on your F-150, the gross trailer weight, along with the vehicle. I will tell you that in a moment. And what I will tell you, Jim, is you're overloaded. I'll give you a little hint. I'll come back and explain that in a moment right here on DRIVE Radio, KLZ 560.
6: Take advantage of Gino's European car special on your Audi, Volkswagen, or BMW. This month, save $30 on any repair or maintenance of $300 or more. For over 38 years, Gino's Auto Service has been serving customers along the front range. Gino's works on American, Asian, and European models. At Gino's, we are big believers in catching problems before they start. By following your manufacturer's recommended service dates, you will keep your car performing and get the most out of your vehicle. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Take advantage of Geno's European Car Special this month and save $30 on any repair or maintenance of $300 or more. We're AAA approved and located at Bulls and Platte Canyon. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J.
2: Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance oil change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making.
7: BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, Keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop. And then, if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents. So, put this number into your phone 303 806 8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio
3: All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. And for all of you listening, yes, we've been talking about trailers, trailer towing, and so on. In fact, the question of the day is, what's the craziest thing you've seen towed or hauled? And Jim called in from Golden. Not picking on Jim. This is just a great example. With a uh, F-150. And I assume it's it an EcoBoost SuperCrew. Because when I went to the actual website, Ford's website, and I looked up all of the weight ratings on that particular truck, yes, I did find that it's got a GC. WR, which GC means gross combined weight rating of twelve thousand three hundred pounds. So what that means is this is where you got to know your weights exactly. If the trailer is in fact eight thousand pounds, subtract that from the twelve three, and I did I actually looked up what that truck weighs from Ford, not with all of your crap in it, but just from Ford. It's right at five thousand pounds. So if I take twelve three Take the 5,000 pounds off of that for the truck weight. I can only haul a 7,300-pound trailer that's most likely empty 7,300. So if you've got an 8,000-pound trailer and you're loading anything into it, you're already 700 pounds over what the truck is rated for, plus any other gear you throw into the truck and or trailer. So, Jim, I'll stand by my first comment. You need more truck for an 8,000-pound camper trailer. Even though... Somebody at Ford said, oh, it'll haul 12,000 pounds. That's true, but you have to remember, it's truck-trailer combo. Mm-hmm. It's not trailer only. Truck-trailer combo of 12,300 pounds. In fact, Ford on their site even has a bunch of asterisks on it, you know, talking about what that actually means, and that's a combined rating of the two together. Mike and Highlands Ranch, you're next. What's going on?
9: Hey, I've been waiting for this show for a long time. <laughs> Very good. Wonderful.
3: Stuff. Thanks, Mike.
9: Love it. Hey, um, I'm getting ready to go uh, do some traveling, looking for a new house, and I want to put my – I've got it. – I'm going to store my vehicles. Do I need – I've got a guy, um, a dear, dear friend that's going to come over. They'll all be on trickle chargers. He's going to come over and start them once a week, and and there's a the and not needed. around about one. Not needed. Okay. Do Tri- I need any sea foam in it? No,
3: them? Uh, you need supercharge. Put a BG supercharge. Put a full tank of fuel. Put the right yep. amount of supercharge in it, depending upon how many you know gallons your tank holds. Put a yep. battery tender, not a trickle charger, but a battery tender because what? it's computerized and knows when it needs a charge and when it doesn't.
9: I got I got those battery
3: tender. Perfect. That's exactly what they say on the front. Perfect, yep. perfect. So that and uh, the supercharge and honestly, Mike, uh, how long are you gonna be gone?
9: Uh, three months.
3: Just come back and fire them up when you get back. Yep.
9: Okay. Well, and I don't need to move any fluids around. No, nope. nope. tranny then. Huh?
3: No, nope, you don't. Okay. You're fine. If it's indoors, good. Good, good, good. if it's indoors, you're you're gonna be fine.
5: If you've had a, if you yeah. have. If you have a problem with it, you were going to have a problem anyway. Right.
9: Yeah. No, I get it. And once again, kudos for this show because I, you know, I know what the salesmen try to tell you about. Oh, it'll tow it. No problem. But ninety percent of the people I see out there are under truck.
3: Correct. Yep. I agree with you, Mike. Amazing. Yep, I see it every day.
9: All right. I love love listening to this Thanks, Mike. Appreciate
3: it very much. And Mike's the one who really kind of got us started on this last week, so so thank you for that. Phil and Centennial, you're next.
10: Morning, guys. How you doing? Good, sir. Good. I got personal towing stories. One's an old story. One's a recent story. We're in Loveland, and uh, this probably would have been 1986. We used to like to go to Glendo Reservoir. and We
11: were headed that
10: way. I was towing our boat in my old truck. Right at the Colorado Wyoming border, I look in my rear view mirror and the boat is not sitting up where it should have been. Oh, no. He's over the side of the road and the tongue of that trailer had broken. It was being held on, I swear, John, by maybe four inches of metal.
3: Oh, <laughs> man. Boat After trailers. one do house. Yeah.
10: Yeah, it was a 20 year old boat trailer. There's wow. probably there was one house next to the highway. We get to the exit, go down a road over a cattle guard get to this house, and lo and behold, he had an arc welder. Oh, nice. And uh, he fixes us up, and we get down the road. My dad tries to throw him $40 and wouldn't take it. But my brother and mom were following behind us, pulling our camper. And this could have been a very tragic day for our family and mm. any, maybe others. So I praise the You know, Lord. Phil,
3: really quick, too. You're reminding that me that, that this is something else I see that is not done correctly. Most of the time. Now, I'll see it in, it, it is done some of the time correctly, but most of the time, safety chains are not put on <laughs> the truck correctly. So, folks, let me explain that really quick, what I mean by that. Safety chains, there's always one on the right and there's one on the left. Of the trailer that go to the truck and typically what you see Phil and you know what I'm gonna say here is typically everybody takes the right chain puts it on the right hole of the hitch they take the left chain they put on the left hole of the hitch that's wrong they're supposed to be crossed yep. you're supposed to take the right one go to the left hole on the trailer hitch on the truck the left one goes on the right hole of the trailer hitch making a cradle out of it now you want an X in the chain is what you want so that if in fact something does happen, the ball comes off or, you know, trader tongue comes off, anything along those lines, it's then sitting down in this cradle of the chain, thereby allowing you to go over to the side of the road and stop. And, Phil, you'd be surprised how many traders I look at over on the side, or I'll even I'll even point out to my wife say, there's one that's wrong, there's one that's wrong. I mean, literally, I'll just go down the road start counting them off, and most of them are wrong.
10: I'm trying to think. I don't think a safety chain would have helped us. If Not in, in your, your case. It probably, nope, it probably was after
3: the ahead. safety chain.
10: It was. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Lucky. You're very lucky, Phil. Actually, really lucky. I know. I know. I think about it a lot and even more now because my son just moved from Pennsylvania to Houston, Texas. He rented a U-Haul, one size up from the smallest truck, had a tow dolly, and it was towing his car. It all went well. I mean, I was a nervous dad for three days, but he's never towed anything in his life, and it got me to thinking, man, you see people with the biggest U-Haul pulling the biggest U-Haul trailer or a trailer car and u-haul just sends them down the road you got it you got it and so now when i see that setup i'm gonna be wondering is that should that be happening but
3: and in a lot of cases no depending upon the situation but i'll tell you more often than not no well and a lot of times the safety chains are too long that's the other thing that happens in a dragon you know, you'll see them bouncing which off. Which means the, they're not doing anything. Yeah. If something happens, it's not going to do a thing. They need to be yeah. nice and taut, enough to where the trailer can you know, turn, but taut enough that if it comes off, it makes a cradle yeah. right there for the ball to sit, or the tongue to sit down in. A lot of the trailer rentals, I've, I've noticed, they actually have shorter chains, so you can't even cross them if you wanted to. That's not right either. <laughs> you got to be crossed, I guys. I my
10: old and new stuff. New tool story. So
3: well, thank you, Phil. No, I appreciate Thanks, that. And that, and that's a great that guy's great example of why we have to be careful of the stuff that we're doing. And in Phil's case, I didn't know there was no way of knowing that. You just, but again, that goes back to well, what what Bobby was even saying originally. That's where you've got to do these inspections, even on the exactly. trailer side of the fence, prior to to make sure that everything is all dialed in. Joe, hang tight. We're going to come right back here in just one minute. Drive radio KLZ five sixty. Hello Drive Radio listeners, this is
12: Chris Hammond with Ken's & Leslie distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. Did you know that for 27 years running, the number one reason for a call to AAA is for a jump start? At the center of your car's starting and charging system is the battery, which helps ensure dependable vehicle operation and starting whenever you need your car. Things like driving and weather conditions, mileage, vehicle age, or excessive electrical draws from the vehicle's entertainment system can all cause premature aging on the vehicle's starting and charging system. But the most common reason for a cold start failure is a result of improper maintenance originating from battery corrosion. Once a month or every thousand miles or so, you should inspect the battery terminals for corrosion or debris that may inhibit proper vehicle starting or charging. Ensure that your battery posts are clean and protected with an anti-corrosive battery pad and a sealer. And by keeping your starting and charging system well maintained, you can always be confident that your car will start on even the coldest of Colorado mornings. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week.
1: that's 303
8: 6620789 With the longer days and the warmer weather, I think most of us that have smokers or love to barbecue are already outside on the deck or patio grilling up and smoking up some good meat. But where do you get great quality meat sourced from ranchers that care about the welfare of the animals? RanchFreshMeats.com sells only the highest quality meat sourced from farm and ranch families that we know personally. For the month of May, we have a great special on Wagyu sirloin tri-tips from Dan Morgan's Wagyu Ranch. A Wagyu sirloin tri-tip roast weighs only about two pounds, but it packs one of the most flavorful beef eating experiences you'll ever have. If you've never had a Wagyu tri-tip before, you are in for a treat. Go to ranchfreshmeats.com and order your Wagyu sirloin tri-tip. And while you're there, check out their other monthly specials. And thank you for supporting a Colorado native farm family when you buy from Ranch Fresh Meats.
3: All right, we're back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. And again, Jeff Kitty with me who's been here many, many times in the past, and first time today, Bobby Gaskell with us. He's from Nevada West Truck and Auto, so appreciate Bobby joining us. Joe in Jersey, what's going on?
13: Uh, John, a couple, two, three things. One, uh, load range on tires. I've seen guys go to Walmart, oh, the tires are cheaper, Yep. and they get a load range D, and they're supposed to have a load range E or F.
3: That's a problem. I
13: haven't heard you talk. Haven't heard you talk about load range. No, I, well, I mean, I did a
3: little bit with, with uh, Jim from Golden just on his F-150, but, no, I haven't gotten into all of that, nor have I gotten into trailer tires yet. It's on my list.
13: <coughs> all right, well, I'll let you get to that later. Second thing is balancing your load. I had a I had a Ram uh, 250 or 2500 with a V10 gas, heavy-duty suspension. I hauled two things. I had a three-horse gooseneck, and I had a 26-foot uh, utility trailer that was bumper pull. And um, depending on how, if you're only going to hold two horses, you had two heavy horses and a light horses. uh, You want to pay attention to how you load those horses, particularly if it's only two. Uh, You want to balance it so that you don't, you're not, you don't want to load them both Mm -hmm. in the front two stalls. Uh, I would, if I'm only hauling two, one goes in the front, one goes in the back with an empty middle. You want to balance that load over the uh, over the tires. Um, And on the bumper pull, um, you know, I had a six thousand pound Bobcat's. Skid steer and the trailer was probably eight feet longer than the skid steer. Um, when you back that up, if you backed it up towards the front, you would see the whole back end of the trailer, the truck go down in yep. the air and the front up in the air. No weight on the front tires. And if you're driving on a wet road with no mm. weight on those tires, uh, you're going to wind up in the ditch. So yep. uh, when you're loading that trailer, pay hey, real, you know, always keep the load centered over the tires. Uh, I don't think you want negative tongue weight, but you got to oh, add so that they really, weight. they really. What
3: they tell you is to be about sixty forty on the weight.
13: Yeah, yeah, but you got to so, add, add that. And for everybody listening, weight.
3: sorry, I should explain that sixty front, forty rear. In that particular case, Joe is what you're looking at.
13: Right, and but if you've got three hundred pounds of tongue weight, you need to add that to your gross vehicle weight. Uh, it's it's all part of Correct. your gross vehicle weight. Correct.
3: Um, and in the, and in the case thing, of that skid steer, 300 is not enough. Just, just saying. <laughs>
13: um, you also hold my uh, Kubota tractor. Uh, on that, um, that's why I have it so long. Um, I see people going down the road hauling machinery with no buy-down change. Isn't that a state <laughs> regulation you have, you have chains and binders?
3: That I, You know what? I can't tell you on that, Joe. I don't think it's necessarily a law you have to have binders it has to be tied down correctly and i think that i to my knowledge i don't know if that even varies state to state but i don't believe that it's a law you have to use a specific binder but it does have to be properly strapped down properly you know properly tied down is what i should say
13: well, a nylon strap on a 6,000-pound skid steer is not going to do anything. So, <laughs> well,
3: It depends on the strap. That That's not necessarily true. Some of the newer straps they have out now are actually as tough as some of the binders are. Preferably used chains and binders, yes. But, but I will say some of these new straps they've got now, Joe, are more than adequate.
13: All right. Uh, my last question for you. The brake um, controller now... Neither my Dodge truck, uh, my Dodge truck, and my last Durango both came with Quota Tow package, but neither one included a controller, and I had to have an aftermarket right. controller installed. Did you want to talk to the proper way to set those controllers up in terms of sensitivity and mm-hmm. when they kick in, and you know, and how to how to adjust them? Yeah, I I that's them on already? my
3: list as well. I'll hopefully get to that. Um, and and. Not as big of a deal as it used to be because so many vehicles now are coming with brake controller attached. But really quick, we can talk about it really fast. If you've got an add-on controller, first of all, there's multiple different controllers. And I should explain this really quick. There are pendulum-driven controllers where you need to make specific adjustments to make sure everything is starting where it needs to. And that'll be in the handbook with the controller itself as to how to set that properly. And the pendulum ones I like better because literally it is applying the power to the rear electric brakes on the trailer based upon how fast you're stopping. Typically, though, Joe, what you find on most controllers is they're just a timer. When you hit the brake, it's sending a certain amount of signal back to the back trailer, and it's based on a timer, not on that pendulum swing and how fast you're actually braking. Still there, Joe?
13: I cut out for a second. John, I've also seen in place of a pendulum, I've also seen an incline mercury resistor where it mercury goes up and increases the voltage based upon how far up the mercury goes in, inside the uh, that tube
3: pretty yeah old, old, those are older controllers. some of the older ones used to used to work off of brake pedal pressure as well although most of those have been pretty i mean the big, the brake pedal pressure ones because of analog brakes and not wanting to tap into the system are pretty much gone i haven't seen a mercury driven one either in quite some time
13: yeah, I've seen them. You know, at horse shows where somebody's going out of the parking lot of the horse show, and they tap the brakes, and you see the trailer wheels lock up, yep. and they're you know, the, and the truck's still rolling. Obviously, yep. that's, uh, you know, they're obviously misadjusted. So, correct. Any suggestions for somebody with one of those old controllers? How they would go about
3: adjusting it two ways and, and those control. those you have to you have to change because if you're empty it's going to be one adjustment if it's full it's another adjustment rule of thumb is you want to be able to you know be out in kind of an open I use, parking lot typically is the best place to do this apply the brakes and if you can feel the trailer you know basically stopping you ever so slightly and you can even do that with your thumb control to see how much more or less control do you need to have going or electricity do you need to have going back to the trailer brakes themselves it's sort of a, a by feel but you want to feel the trailer tugging on you as the driver ever so slightly
13: yeah, without locking, up. Right. yeah. without locking up yep. um and you're right uh, and um you know, and if you're on gravel, it'll lock up really easy. That's if you're right. On
3: gravel. That's right. And, and again, so, Joe, with with the with the modern controllers on all of the new vehicles, where they're literally a module plugging into the vehicle system, it's got a ton of its own sensory things that it's reading, and it's it's. I'll be honest, it's become pretty foolproof. But there are still some vehicles running around with an actual controller.
13: Yeah. Separate um,
3: controller, I, I should say.
13: I was surprised when I got that 2018 Durango with the tow package; it didn't include a. Uh, integral controller,
3: because all of their trucks were at that point.
13: Uh, I'm sorry, you're saying that was a standard back then?
3: On the trucks, yes, but not on that vehicle, which I didn't understand because the trucks had it.
13: Yeah, I mean, you're ordering a Durango with, quote, a tow package. You know, it had the rear plug, it had the skid plates, but it didn't have an integral controller, so I had to add an aftermarket, so, uh, all right. Oh, and the last one, John. If you got Val, you want to talk about uh, the battery, the backup battery um, <laughs> the, for the breakaway, uh, the battery on your trailer.
3: Of, that, that's breakaway. another one of those items. Back to you, know, Bobby. Where yes, you better be inspecting those things on a very routine basis. What Joe's talking about is if your emergency breakaway battery is dead. If the trailer comes off, the brakes aren't coming on, and and for DOT, you know, side side uh, side of the road inspections, Joe, they check that. So if you're a commercial driver like like me and my guys, those have to be checked on a regular basis because if they pull that and the trailer still moves, you're you're getting tagged.
13: Interesting. I didn't realize they would check them. But, oh yeah. Uh...
3: Well, they do for me. They won't you, but they will me. Yep. Joe, I can write. They they think because I can write the check and you can't, I get inspected. You don't. Yep.
13: Even though we're pulling, we're driving the same vehicle, pulling similar loads.
3: Huh? And in a lot of cases, Joe, you guys, and not you, but a lot of people out there on the consumer level will be doing things I could never, ever, ever get by with. But I'm going to get the ticket and write the check, and they won't. That's crap, by the way.
13: <laughs> it is. Hey, hey, John, one more question. At the time, 1995, uh, when I was looking at a tow vehicle, the only reason I got the V10 uh, was at the time it had more towing, horse. it had more yeah. horsepower and, and torque than any diesel available. Is that still the situation?
3: Nope. nope. The diesels are by far... Uh, the largest when it comes to not only horsepower, but the torque that goes with it. Uh, yeah, not, there's not a gas engine. Even the biggest gas engines they make, the the big one in Ford and GM doesn't do one now, but e- even the largest gas engines don't come close. And force induction is huge. Yeah, at this uh, yeah, I was surprised. I mean, I hated
13: to get the gas engine, but I was pulling an 11,000-pound gooseneck.
3: Yep, that uh, was true back five, in the day. Five,
13: yep. Not and, anymore. Uh, God, I got by the way, what well, you want to guess what I got going up I seventy with a eleven thousand pound horse trailer behind me?
3: Five six miles a gallon.
13: Yeah, exactly. John. right around six miles a gallon, uh, pulling that eleven thousand yep. pound horse trailer. If I was going up to Fort Collins, maybe I'd get seven and a half.
3: That's right. <laughs> and, on, and around town, they were ten.
13: Around ten, right? Yep. So, but my fortunately we didn't. Uh, it wasn't our over the road vehicle. It was just a weekend horse show vehicle. Nice. So nice. All right. All right, Joe, good stuff, man, as always.
3: I appreciate it. Paul and Lakewood, Chris, you guys hang tight. We'll come right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
0: Arvada West Auto & Truck has been serving all of Western Arvada, Golden and Wheat Ridge for more than 40 years and they're proud to keep their customers' vehicles on the road. After starting out as a small gas station, they moved into their current building in 2004 at 11752 West 64th Avenue. Arvada West is a Napa Gold Shop, a designation only a few in the nation receive. And after 40 years of service, Arvada West Auto & Truck achieved the Napa Auto Care Shop of the Year for the Rocky Mountain Division of Napa. They'd be thrilled to welcome you to their family. Stop by or call Arvada West Auto & Truck, 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at
3: 303-422-1065. All right, we are back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Paul and Lakewood is next. Paul, go ahead, sir.
11: Yeah, I'm uh, considering... Uh... Of purchasing RV or getting into the RV world okay. full time, and some of my research uh, either a Class A or some of the larger Class C, and uh, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of, of people who tow a vehicle behind their RV, one of the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I guess they call it flat towing, right? Um, and is is there is there any credence to the fact of these? There's a couple of places in Indiana that apply that it installs something on the rear differential to disconnect it so you can tow almost any kind of a vehicle? Or uh, is there, you know, certain restrictions that you can only tow certain vehicles? I know now it's mostly Jeep Wranglers, but... Well, they do the Wranglers
3: because it's one of the few vehicles left that has a quote-unquote standard Drivetrain, I guess is probably the best way for me to say that, where things are easily disconnected versus a lot of the other SUVs that are on the market have viscous couplers and they're all-wheel drive and there's all sorts of things going on to where flat-towing them just isn't an option.
11: Yeah, well, have you, have you heard of this uh, ability to, to disconnect the rear differential?
3: On a vehicle, vehicle, vehicle itself?
11: Yeah, I'd like, I, I like to have a, a Toyota Tacoma pickup, a four-speed standard. And that's the kind of uh, vehicle they use in their demo. So, you know, most I, of those I've,
3: that I've ever seen, and, and Bobby, if you've seen something different, or Jeff, let me know. But most of what I've seen on those, Paul, is they're not disconnecting the diff. Itself, there's a splined mechanism they put in the drive shaft itself, and you essentially are unhooking the drive shaft or disconnecting the drive shaft in the system, thereby allowing the rear diff to just spin independent of the rest of the drivetrain. That's all I've ever seen. I've never seen anybody go internally because, to my knowledge, there's nothing made along those lines. It's a drive shaft disconnect, is what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's,
11: that's what this company, especially. I just wonder if you've heard of anybody. I don't
3: like, like those, that, by the way yeah um, mainly back because back. of you know being in the four-wheel drive world as i was all those years when you're going to have a problem down the road with the vehicle itself and its drivetrain, that was typically the spot you had to go look either it won't connect back up like it's supposed to doesn't disconnect like it's supposed to you get drive line vibration out of it because something isn't quite right on down the line we go so i i'm not a fan of those at all sorry just not I'm one where okay. if you're that concerned about all of that, buy a big enough RV with a nice lightweight aluminum trailer and go put your tow vehicle on a trailer. Yep.
11: Oh, okay. No, well, that's that's one of the possibilities. Yeah, re- rather than having to buy the new RV and then buy a new vehicle as well.
3: Correct. Okay. Correct. Right. Well, then so then- I I'm one to, I'm one to tell you to do that. I think in the end, by the way, uh, you've got a much better system of doing what I just said versus trying to find a flat tow vehicle. I don't like flat tow vehicles any way, shape, or form. I'll just tell you straight up, not my, not a fan of that.
11: Well, I, you know, I'm just trying to get to the point where if you park the RV in a campground for a week or so, you want something you else, another, another vehicle to run to the store and stuff like that. So, I
3: okay, mean, well, and, and depending upon budget and all of that, this is where I know a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, but if you're doing exactly what you're talking about, that's where. A little vehicle like my Chevy Bolt, which is very small, very you know fairly lightweight considering what it is, you could have that vehicle 200 plus mile you know uh, range in it. It would run all around town. You still have the ability there to plug in and, and charge and do whatever you want to. Plus, it's short, small, would go on a flatbed trailer easy. Done. There you are.
11: Okay, but I I can't flat tow your little. Nope, bolt you'd have
3: around. to put it on trailer. Yep.
11: Okay. All right, well, that's what I was wondering. Thanks
3: for the help. You very, you know, you're very welcome. And for me, folks, if you're going to tow with the RV itself, this is where having the – again, I'm always going to weigh on the side of I want one larger than what I think I'm going to need, powertrain-wise, to make sure that I can get everything done, especially going up and over our large mountains. We live at 5,600 feet roughly, and you're going to go up to 10,000, 11,000 feet in most of our mountain ranges which, by the way, most people don't realize this, but Colorado as a state has the highest mountains of any state, the most high mountains of any state in the Union. So we, we actually have more things we're traversing than any other part, even including Alaska, Montana, other places. So we have the largest mountains to cross of anywhere, and we don't live in Kansas. I know some of you listening do, but most of you that are on along this front range are not. So buy more than you think you're going to need. Chris, you're next
15: yes John this is perfect um, I just retired and I'm thinking about buying a trailer to tow my Porsche around okay uh, around the country um, I've got an 07 Avalanche 1500 and the car weighs 2750 and the GBW is 7200. The GCW is 13000 Yep. My question is, what does an 18-foot trailer
2: weigh?
3: Depends on what you buy. And in your case, uh, knowing what you're doing, I would spend a little more money buying an aluminum trailer. They weigh less. They tow better. Uh, yes, there's issues when you go to fix things because you have to have a TIG welder to do any kind of fixing and so on. But you buy a new trailer, and honestly, all of that's not a real big issue, anyways. Chris, it would haul it would haul that Porsche very well. I actually own a particular brand of one of those where. The deck has a little winch, and the deck goes up and down where you don't even need any ramps or anything. And then a low car like a Porsche, you don't have to worry about clearance or anything like that. You lower the deck, drive the Porsche on, raise the deck back up, put all your pins back in, uh, release the winch so there's no tension on it anymore, and off you go.
15: So where do I find that trailer?
3: Um, you know what? I, I knew you were going to ask me that, and I was just trying to look it up. I can't, for the life of me, cannot remember the name brand of that. If you send me a email... Uh I okay. will when I when I get home later today I will give you I mean there's there's other ones out there featherlight and so on but I'll give you the exact brand I own if you send me an email.
15: Okay. That's perfect.
3: And they, and for what you're doing this trailer would work fantastic actually.
15: Okay, um because I know there's some real expensive ones out there as well.
3: And the, the one I'll tell you the one and one I've got's not cheap because of the fact that it does raise and lower. Um, now the other thing too that you've got to think about is that's an open trailer. You know, a lot of guys will go ahead and spend a little extra money and do an enclosed trailer. That's completely up to you.
15: No, I want an enclosed trailer.
3: Okay, so if you want enclosed, then um, then uh, yes. Uh, hang on here, I will tell you because I've got a. I've got so I've got i I've got both. I've got an open and a closed as well. And the closed trailer that I have is a. Hang on here. ATC is the brand I have of an aluminum enclosed trailer.
15: ATC. Okay. And, and do they sell them here and find them here in Denver?
3: They do. Complete trailers up in Brighton. Tell them I sent you. Uh, they have some, although inventories right now, as with anything, are hit and miss. But, uh, yeah, you could buy an aluminum trailer from them, put your portion in it, and away you go. Now, this, the deck on it won't raise and lower. It'll have it'll have a back door as the ramp.
15: That's right. Um, as far as uh, cost. Are we talking five thousand ten
3: thousand uh if you well, buy a nice aluminum enclosed trailer plan on 12 minimum okay <laughs> minimum it depends on how long and that's like a 20 footer so plan on 12 minimum and as much as 25 depending well, on what you're buying we just bought a 16 foot enclosed and it's not anywhere near aluminum and it was ten grand, yeah. and those have gone up $5,000 since we bought it. Yeah, yeah. check. I mean, I to Jeff's point, everything has gone up recently, Chris, so don't hold me to any of that, and you'll have to call them. And that even depends on what they have as inventory.
15: How about used trailers,
3: You You can just about buy a new one for what the used ones cost anymore because the used ones bring so much money. And in your case, I would advise just go find somebody that's got a new one. I do like the ATC brand over some of the others. I think they build... Uh, a little better product personally speaking i know there's some folks out there that would probably argue that you can buy a feather light as well but you'll pay more money for a feather light i don't think you're getting that much more out of it other than the name that's my own feeling
15: all right perfect
3: okay motor on okay thank you chris that was a great question by the way i appreciate it randy hang tight we'll come back to you here after the top of the hour break and yeah and folks by the way i i don't get any kickback from complete that's just where i've bought some trailers in the past and i'm not saying that's the only place that sells those if you've got somebody local that's a good dealer for them and uh you know depending upon what trailer you're trying to buy i will say though in the last 30 seconds there's a huge difference between a good quality trailer and a not so good quality trailer i said that earlier a lot of it comes down to how well does the trailer tow empty if that trailer does not stay behind you straight as an arrow, not moving around at all, empty, it's got a problem. Something's out of alignment, an axle's out of an alignment, there's an issue there of some kind that needs to be resolved. You should be able to tow an empty trailer as straight as an arrow with no problem at all, especially if it's a lighter weight trailer like we're talking about. I'll get into some of the heavier weight trailers. I'll also explain, for a lot of you listening, the difference between fifth wheel, gooseneck, bumper pull. We talked about the equalizer hitches earlier. We'll get into some of that here in a moment as well. So hang tight, guys. Got a full hour coming your way. If you've got any questions for us, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
15: Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments.